Welcome to another edition of the Business and Personal Podcast, where we bring you closer to the people that you do business with. And very excited to have a couple of representatives of Easter Seals on with us today. And uh, everybody's heard of Easter Seals. They've been around for 100 years plus. But I don't know that everybody knows exactly what they do. And uh, with so many people battling mental health problems right now, I wanted to find somebody that uh, could talk about services that are available and has the capacity to help right now because so many places are overloaded and can't help, but Easter Seals can, um, and they have some great programs. So I'm joined today by Craig Sherum, the Director of Communications at Easter Seals, and Reagan Goldberg, the Chief Development Officer at Easter Seals. How are you guys doing today? Oh, we're doing good. Thanks for having us, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan, for having us today. All right. Well, so many things I want to cover, but Maybe let's just start out and uh, feel free, whoever wants to answer this. What is Easter Seals exactly? Like I said, everybody knows about it. What exactly do you do? Yeah, so um, that's a great question. We've been around for about 100 years, uh, a little over 100 years. Uh, uh, 1920 is when we started in Michigan. But um, we have been uh, around as an organization a little bit longer than that. Um, we were one of the first affiliates. Uh, our organization started in Ohio. And so um, the founder, Edgar Allen, had lost a son to a tragic uh, streetcar accident. And he decided um, that he was going to open a hospital in his town because that was one of the reasons that his son passed away. If there was a hospital that was closer, they would be able to treat him sooner. And in touring hospitals back in the early 1900s, he realized that children with physical disabilities were kept away from children without physical disabilities. And as he would ask every hospital, you know, why are, are these children separated from the other children? Um, the answer was always roughly the same, which was, oh, uh, those children um, upset the other children and, and they're best uh, kept separated. And he kind of felt like that was, um, you know, a mean sort of approach to something like that. So he started uh, the Crippled Children's Society is how we started. And um, the whole focus was to help individuals, mostly children with physical disabilities, to have experiences similar to children without physical disabilities. So they would go to camps, and they would play baseball, and they would uh, learn skills um, that would help them uh, feel empowered and, and help them uh, obtain a skill set. Because back in the early 1900s, uh, anyone with a physical disability was kind of viewed um, as a burden on society, which was not the case. And that's not what our founder believed in. And so he implemented all of these fun, uh, interesting kind of cutting edge therapies that helped a lot of these children go on to become parents, uh, become active in their communities that, that uh, they, uh, we have, uh, I just talked to one former ambassador from Easter Seals from the 60s that uh, she became one of the first graduates of her college to uh, um, graduate in a wheelchair. Um, so, th so they kind of broke down a lot of those barriers associated with uh, uh, physical disabilities. And as we were founded, the whole goal was always to evolve over time. So it wasn't always going to be children with physical disabilities. It was what are the needs in the community and how do we address them with the sole purpose of making the community stronger. And over the years, uh, we've kind of evolved a little bit and uh, well, in a great deal, actually, because we opened up to serving adults. And then now we uh, serve a lot of individuals with uh, mental health disabilities. So um, our, our ages range from, uh, I think we have six months old is the youngest we serve. And the oldest we serve is well into her 80s. So um, it, it, it covers all uh, 
uh, ages and all stages of life. And we offer a variety of services, um, including the mental health services, autism services. We help Michigan farmers. There's a, a large number of Michigan farmers that are aging and uh, therefore the wear and tear that their, their lives and their livelihood is taken on their bodies is starting to catch up with them or if it hasn't already. And they're starting to um, feel the effects of that, but they have no plan B. This is what they are. They're farmers. And so we will actually go out to the farm and invent or find materials that help them to continue working, which, you know, in a lot of ways helps put food on our tables because without farmers, where would we be? So um, it, it is uh, uh, an organization that is, is very um, entrenched in Michigan. Um, we're one of the oldest affiliates in the country and uh, have remained committed to the people of, of Michigan and uh, we serve the entire state. So um, we're always very busy and we're up in the UP with our agribility, the farming program. Um, we're heavily concentrated in Southeastern Michigan. We go as far over as Grand Rapids. Uh, we have offices in Flint, um, and we're just dedicated to providing the services that the community needs. I think we need to schedule a series of 10 podcasts to really explain everything you do. That's just, it's amazing. And it, yeah, it's all about helping out the community. And like I said, what we'll focus on here is mental health. And mm -hmm. when I talk to you guys in preparation for this podcast, you explain some really cool things that Easter Seals has done with COVID-19. I mean, mental health was a serious concern for our country way before COVID-19, and that has just ramped it up even more. Uh, maybe, Reagan, could you touch on some of the things that Easter Seals has done just since COVID-19? Sure. So once the pandemic hit Michigan in March, um, our team quickly gathered together, got all of our, our senior leadership and leadership groups together and our staff to really figure out how we could quickly pivot our services uh, to provide them face-to-face um, as well as through virtual platforms and also um, still uh, going out to meet people uh, in the community. Uh, so we had a telehealth platform called eVisit that we uh, had done just several hundred of visits. If you think about the whole year of 2019 and compare that to 2020, we had done just several hundred visits to now hundreds of thousands we've done through the 2020 year um, in, in individual settings for those that were, uh, again, kind of, we look at the moderate and severe um, individuals, uh, as Craig mentioned, across all ages. Um, and then also, how do we get to those that are at home, maybe afraid of coming out for services? So we started having a lot of our staff and clinicians um, go to home-based therapy services. Uh, when he talked a little bit about the population for autism, um, some of those families and those services really can't be done, Ryan, uh, via a platform like this. We actually needed to deliver supplies to them so that parents could also work uh, with the therapist and be able to keep things going, so to speak, because we didn't know if the pandemic would last three months or even right now we're almost up to a year that it's been going on for us uh, in Michigan. So uh, we, we started delivering, uh, again, supplies and things that were needed to people, helping to uh, also touch those with our ACT team, which is think about the people that are battling mental health issues along with chronic illnesses. Um, and other health risks. Uh, we started meeting them in the community. The acute uh, chronic treatment team is what we call them. They were out there helping people. Um, we're seeing a ton of rise in opioid usage, substance use, um, people that are having um, some of these issues. Those are things that they might trigger again, some of those things going on with them. So our, our teams were very committed to trying to make sure to do regular check-ins, make sure that people were okay, um, that we were serving 
along with even just administering shots and intermedication. That was a real issue um, because some of the people we serve don't have any transportation at all. So our staff would just bring it right to them and again, um, be, be their, um, their support system when they needed it during the pandemic. Uh, we also did some creative things with um, applying for grants and much needed to keep us focused on being able to serve. And so uh, we received uh, over a million dollars worth of grant funding uh, from various private and um, community foundations, um, the United Way organization and many groups uh, quickly put out response, uh, COVID response uh, grants. And we applied for those very quickly um, and received a lot. And that helped us to do some innovative things. Uh, one of them was a digital kind of, uh, we think of it as literacy program, which at first started out as telehealth. But as we started working with individuals, we realized people didn't have access to Wi-Fi. They also didn't have the skills or knowledge of how to get connected or how to use different parts of a, an iPad or a tablet that was provided to them. So we started to provide in some of our grants, um, at writing in to have support systems for that. So we could teach them these digital literacy skills to then be able to connect, not just with Easter sales, but family and friends and loved ones. Um, look at you know, reading books online or listening to music and kind of those coping mechanisms that could be supportive to them. So they didn't feel so alone. Um, and it's been terrific, um, you know, to see that happening. And the, you know, again, we hear a lot of mission stories, Craig does from the people that we serve um, that are just like, it was such a blessing to have that. Um, and then uh, many, uh, many of them, again, are, are learning skills that now um, they might've been really anxious about doing. And now in the future, they're, they're able to do it on their own. And Craig, I was reading about these coping boxes um, that you're offering to explain those a little bit and exactly what they do. Absolutely. So one of the things that uh, we've always uh, stressed throughout this whole pandemic um, uh, is that there are a number of things that you can do at home to help uh, reduce your stress and anxiety that um, could involve reading or sleeping. And we kind of had this uh, uh, ongoing conversation about um, these, these things that, that people can do right at their at their home to, to help with this. And so out of that kind of came um, the coping box idea and having uh, an organization like ours that is very much in the community and having a lot of community events, we weren't able to really do as many fundraisers for ourselves. Um, so combining the coping boxes with the fundraising aspect was, was a, a fantastic uh a kind of a synergy between the two and we, we came up with this. So what we did was we have um, a lot of people don't know that Easter Seal of Michigan has 550 employees. And uh, some of those employees happen to be highly trained doctors and nurses and physicians and uh, master's level social workers. So we said, we got all these great resources. Let's come together and, and we can identify items that would help people and their homes to reduce stress. We came up with the coping box. And so in these coping boxes, they've been hand selected by our staff and our uh, chief medical officer. Uh, the items uh, range from everything from a, uh, a ropeless jump rope, which was, I had to see it to believe it. I had never heard of one before. So it was kind of an interesting thing, uh, but uh, it's good to promote exercise. And then we have a, a fleece blanket and a number of other things from aromatherapy to hot chocolate bombs, because chocolate is actually can be good for you. I, I, I took that information and was running back to my parents saying, see, it was good for me. I, I could have eaten 
so much more chocolate. It wasn't bad for me, but um, in moderation, it can be actually really good for you. So we, we included items like that. And what we have is uh, it's, if you go on to EasterSealsMichigan.com, you can purchase one of these. And then um, at a, there's a level there that where you can purchase a, a box for yourself or you can, uh, we give one to uh, someone else in need. Um, so it's kind of a buy one, give one sort of uh, approach to it. So um, it helps a lot of the people we serve as well as you will get one yourself. So um, it's a great, uh, it's a great fun um, uh, way to promote mental health as well as uh, support our services. I love seeing all the pivots that are done during the pandemic. And that was definitely one of the cooler things. I mean, just, it's the little things, right? Chocolate, just yeah, a little bit of chocolate might make your day go better. And, and when we were talking offline, you had a couple, like you guys had a couple bullet points of just little things people can do on their own. If they're afraid to make that first call and they don't want to um, go through that process, what are just some little things they can do at home to feel better? Sure. So, um, some of the things that we discussed again with our team as we were coming up with coping mechanisms for everyone to use, because we're all, you know, experiencing this pandemic right now. Um, we, we thought about the things that are just accessible to everyone. You have them in your home. We're not asking someone to go get something or buy something. And so water is one of the easiest forms of thinking about how important it is to stay hydrated. And so as easy a tip as drinking eight, eight ounce glasses a day, you know, kind of challenging yourself to think about it in that way that you want to do that um, can really help to lower your stress levels and um, just make you feel better. And, and again, you're consciously trying to do something, you know, healthy for yourself. Um, another way, Ryan, is to think about how much sleep you're getting. I know a lot of people think about sleep uh, and, and your restless sleep. Um, it's good to try to strive to get your eight hours of sleep, but also important to think about doing it in a dark room to think of your quality of your sleep. Um, and so trying to, you know, minimize the distractions, not falling asleep with the TV on or you know, having something else in your room um, on as a nightlight or whatnot, just really a kind of quiet setting, um, dark and uh, get a good night's sleep. Um, that can be very, very beneficial um, to then setting you up for success the next day um, and, you know, waking with a new, new feeling, a new attitude towards a new day. Um, and then the third area that we kind of think through is um, the idea of exercise, as Craig said, um, and thinking about, you know, um, yourself walking and I go, no, it's cold right now in Michigan. Uh, but it might be taking the steps in your house, um, going up and down your steps, or if, if it is a flat apartment that you live in, maybe you're making some trips around and looping around, um, you know, uh, what is recommended from the American Heart Association is 50, uh, 50 minutes of exercise three times a week. So thinking that 150 is kind of your target, uh, just how am I going to get some exercise? Um, a lot of television stations now are doing a lot more with, um, you know, flipping to a channel and all of a sudden you're learning a new form of aerobics that's free um, or things like that. But um, walking and running and jogging can be something that, again, you don't have to have any devices or anything to, to sign up for and you can do it from home. But it really, it can make you feel really good. And again, it releases a lot of great things in your mind when you um, get a little bit of um, your, your heart pumping and then you know, the people that we serve, a lot of them, um, just even just starting towards that 150 or making a goal for the week is helpful. Yeah, I think routine is so important. I mean, I wake up every morning, I get my exercise in and the days that I don't, I feel way more sluggish than the days that I do. No doubt about that. And like podcast is something I've become um, really accustomed to listening to. I subscribe to like 30 different podcasts mm -hmm. and I religiously listen to them and they just kind of help me mentally get through the day a little bit too and keep my brain fresh in that. I think that's probably what inspired me to start my own podcast. Um, I just think there uh, people love them. Podcast listenership's up 
50% or so since the pandemic. So yeah, I think everybody just needs to find their own little routine that gets them through the day for sure. So now there's certainly people that want to have an appointment, want to have a telehealth meeting. They want to speak to someone. So um, talk to me about how available your counselors are and uh, how people can go about scheduling meetings. Absolutely. So we are, we are available. Uh, we are accepting new uh, people. Uh, we have grown in, in 2020, we grew 9% over the previous year um, with a lot of mental health services being one of the leading uh, services that people are seeking. So um, we are readily available. Um, the best way to get in touch with us is to call our 1-800 number, which is 1-800-75-SEALS. Um, and they will, that's our contact center and they will direct you to the, the proper individuals to help the process get started. And um, yeah, we are, we're, we're rocking and rolling and we're doing whatever we can for the community so that um, individuals can remain mentally healthy and, and together we can kind of face this, this uh, ongoing crisis. Is that a 24 hour call line, Craig, or um, is it limited hours if that's available? There is, there is a, uh, it can be redirected after hours. So um, it will, there will, we do have a crisis line too, if there's a crisis, obviously if it is a life or death situation, we would you know, stress to call 911. Um, if for whatever reason, someone is not able to answer the phone, you can leave a message and we'll call back within a day. And I think that part's so important because you have to be able to talk to those people in that moment. If they don't have somebody there to talk to them in that moment, they're probably, it's going to be hard to reconnect with them later. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's huge. Uh, you know, I'm sure you both have seen so many great success stories and I'm going to kind of put both of you on the spot here. Um, we'll start here uh, with you, Reagan. Sure. Maybe just uh, all your years and, and time working with Easter Seals, what's maybe one success story that stands out that really warmed your heart? Um, I think definitely one of the things that um, we experienced this year and thinking of the kids and, and the schools that we serve, we're in about 11 schools throughout Oakland County. Um, Ryan, and um, we have a Miracle League, which is an adaptive baseball program um, that helps kids be able to play baseball. And I think of it as kind of our field of dreams. It's a really nice community gem. And we were very nervous, especially last summer, that we wouldn't be able to have a season at all. We typically have a summer and then we have a fall season. And then we, throughout the year, have activities, bowling for the kids in the winter, dance. And then we start up again with baseball. And um, Thankfully, we were able to, at our newest field up in Lake Orion, um, have, have a safe play. And so I think that to me was so special when Craig and I got to see the pictures of our playbook that we created um, and showing the kids and the families. They so, uh, typically, our kids have a buddy system, which is where someone in the community, um, a group or an organization will actually come out and volunteer with the kids and help them as they're running the bases. And um, everybody wins in Miracle League. It's a really great experience. Um, sometimes we should have you come out and buddy with us because that would be fun for you to enjoy too. And um, we had the families all, you know, have a meeting and talk about how we were going to um, be able to play in the fall safely, but we needed them to help us to, to make it happen. And they all came forward um, and we had, you know, a beautiful season. And the pictures that I saw, again, that we actually were able to do it and safely. Um, I just knew for these families and these kids, I'm, I'm very concerned. And, you know, that's why we think about, I know Craig and I both have young kids and you've talked too about yours. Um, I'm really concerned about them and, you know, not having social activities, but also having a special needs child and them not having any kind of outlet was very emotional, I think, leading up to that. So 
I'm thankful. And right now um, we're looking forward to the idea that hopefully we can play this summer, both at our Southfield field and in Lake Orion uh, at Friendship Park and have a season. Um, but again, just there's nothing more special than coming out to see the Miracle League kids play. And um, it's something that, you know, the community really needed to have a second field and we opened it about two years ago. So I was happy that COVID, you know, again, I, I felt like all through the pandemic, honestly, Ryan, nothing has stopped Easter Souls. We, nothing has made us close our doors. We're still out there serving, seeing people face-to-face, -face, having people come into our offices and our locations all stayed open. Um, it's really been something I'll never forget, you know, experiencing through the pandemic. Yeah. For, for me, I think uh, one of the things that kind of uh, is, is a, it was a, served as a reminder is, is that not everybody is born with mental health disabilities. Sometimes there are accidents that cause mental health disabilities or um, things that life events, uh, divorce can trigger uh, something, um, the loss of a job um, and, and kind of this, this, this feeling of, of not knowing what to do next. And one story that stands out about this gentleman who was um, very successful auto exec, um, had a great family, um, lived in Birmingham and was doing really great. And then one day, um, he uh, began having these kind of uh, seeing things and, and, and experiencing um, uh, some, you know, hearing sounds. And so he went to the doctor and they found a tumor, a brain tumor. And they said that they could remove the brain tumor, that there was a risk that uh, he might be different after it. And he said, well, what do I do if I don't want to get the, the surgery to remove it? And they said, well, he would, you know, eventually pass away from it. So he, he decided to uh, go through with the surgery. And it did cause him to have um, some mental uh, health disabilities following that. And his family found it really hard because he was so different than he was before. So uh, he went through a divorce and uh, the kids found it uncomfortable to be around him due to his disability. And he really didn't have anywhere to go. And so he uh, came to Easter Seals and we were able to help him fill out the forms he needed to, to uh, secure housing. Um, we were able to help him with uh, getting um, connected with resources in the community and provided him mental health services, which helped him remain uh, focused on accomplishing his goals. And uh, that was, to me, really one of those situations that really kind of talks about what Easter Seals does, is it, it connects you with the right resources. It provides the services. It's not just a counseling center. It's it's way, way more than that. And it unlocked in him the 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 power and the empowerment inside of him to be able to go out and, and do the things he remembered doing and the things he wanted to do. He was, when he came to us, he was really, really in a bad space. He didn't know what to do. And we were able to help empower him to, to, to get back into the rat race kind of thing, you know, get back out there. Uh, let, let's get this going. And um, he credits us, you know, to this day with, with, with saving his life. And, and um, you know, it just reminded me of just the true power of what Easter Seals does. And through this pandemic, by connecting people with mental health disabilities with their clinician, but also um, giving them the, the space to be able to, uh, you know, not, not uh, pressure them to get back into in-person learning. We never closed our doors during the pandemic. We offered services throughout the pandemic. If anyone wanted to come into our buildings, whether uh, uh, I mean, we had uh, safety protocols and things like that in place, like everybody else did, but uh, we were there. I mean, we, we, we always had the light on, you know, and, but there were some individuals that needed to stay at home and we provided services for them um, and, and, and were patient with them. And, and uh, that was probably to, to me, the, the, the best part of doing what we do every day is seeing that, you know, 
in reality. And, and it's more than just a, a great story. It was what was happening to, you know, thousands of lives uh, throughout the pandemic. So um, it was, it was a wonderful, wonderful thing to see an organization like Easter Seals really getting out there and, and, and making it uh, possible for people in our community with mental health disabilities to continue getting their services without having them interrupted and also being there for them is kind of what we've always been about. So we continued that tradition, which was fantastic. And I love both those stories because it shows the wide range of people and ages of people that you can work with as well. So that's that's so cool. And, and I'm sure you're always looking for donations too to be able to continue to provide these services. What are maybe some opportunities coming up or what would you suggest for people that are looking to donate? Um, right now, again, the coping box uh, that Craig said, that's our current campaign that we're doing. Um, and then in the into the fall time, uh, we're gonna have an, something to look forward to outside event that's called Over the Edge, where someone can actually take a chance to go over um, in Grand Rapids area, the Bridgewater Place, which is one of the tallest buildings there in downtown Grand Rapids. And the idea with that is to face mental health, um, the way that people have to battle it each day, you're gonna face going over the building um, in a repelling form. So you'll go up and down the building repelling um, and raise funds for Easter Seals. So we have people that are already starting to get signed up and ready for that. Um, we think we'll probably have a really good turnout because people are looking forward to trying to do something again and feel like, again, back to the, what is a new normal? So we're gonna invite them to repel with us. Uh, and then also in May, um, Ryan, we're gonna do a lot um, leading up to the fall. We think these, um, you know, things that are happening right now during the pandemic aren't just gonna go away overnight. It's gonna be a very long road with the mental health uh, effects and kind of the ripple effects that are gonna take place. So uh, in May, we're really going to join together with lots of groups and organizations to um, try to promote mental health and um, ask people to take a screening. We have a screening that lives on our website. And um, also we have lots of free educational materials and resources for individuals themselves that might be concerned about something going on with them or people in their family or friends or their network. Um, and, you know, again, just thinking that um, you're not alone um, and that you can have um, people like, you know, around you and surround yourself with people that care and love, love you. And that's what we're gonna do. So Mental Health Month, the whole month of May, we're gonna be doing a lot to um, encourage employers and share our resources to say, hey, show that you care about um, those that work for you and those around you and ask them to take a screening. We're gonna try and make it a goal to have 5,000 people take our free anonymous screening um, just because we think people, you know, need to get a checkup. Mm -hmm. Craig, anything to add to that as far as closing thoughts about people looking to donate? Yeah, I think you, what's really cool is that, and, and a lot of people might hear about organizations and how much if they make a donation, how much actually goes to the services, 97 cents out of every dollar that is given to Easter Seals goes back to the services and it stays here in Michigan. So if you go to EasterSealsMichigan.com and donate uh, there, uh, that money stays here and helps local families and helps individuals in our area. So it doesn't venture out of state. It doesn't go into a giant national pot to be uh, distributed uh, from that point. It goes right to the services here. So um, that is fantastic. And to kind of piggyback on what Reagan said about the screening, it's on our website. It's a great, it's about two minutes. It's completely free and anonymous. So you're not going to end up on a mailing list. You're not going to end up getting uh, contacted in any way. It's anonymous, free online screening. It's just a great resource to be able to go in and kind of take it very quickly and see if uh, if what you're feeling is maybe a sign of needing to have services. Um, if, if you take the screening and it shows that you uh, could possibly benefit from services, uh, we do not 
get that information. So you can contact us if you, if you want to seek services with us, or if you want to uh, seek services with another provider, that is fine too. Mental health is extremely important. Um, if, individuals who do not get mental health uh, treatment, uh, it's been shown to they uh, shorten their life. So if you have a mental health disability and don't receive treatment, you can um, really impact your health. So we really want to drive that home. And, and thanks to donations, we're able to provide these things for free and con continue to uh, offer them to the community. It's all awesome stuff. I'm so glad to have made the connection with you guys. This is a topic I absolutely wanted to cover. And there's nobody more perfect than a company that's been around this long and kept their doors open every single day in the pandemic. There aren't many people that can say that, that's for sure. Um, and just continue to serve. So Craig, Reagan, thanks so much for the time. Thank you so much, Ryan. Thank, Thank you, you, Ryan. Appreciate you enjoyed it. it. All right.